0: Greetings and welcome to Shnayim Mikra, the podcast series developed and sponsored by the Orthodox Union, hosted here at OU.org. Each one of these podcasts includes a reading, translation, discussion, and analysis of one of the aliyot of the current week's parasha. My name is Yitzhak Yitzchak Shalom, and I'm delighted and honored to be studying parashat Ki with you this week. We're now on the sixth aliyah, which begins in chapter 24 of Dvarim Parak Haftalad, Pasuk um, Uh, uh, continuing with the laws of marriage, where we left off. Kikach ish isha chadasha. If a man takes a new wife, uh, what is that excluding? So it seems to be referring to the previous parsha, as opposed to if he remarried his old wife, uh, in those circumstances where it would be permissible. batzava. He doesn't go out to the army. And he has no communal or civic responsibilities. We would take him away from home. He's cleaned to his house for one year. Meaning, we have no rights to draft him into any sort of service for one year. And he elates his wife that he married. Meaning, for one year, he stays home, we don't draft him for any of that. Now, this is a totally different halacha, which is that when you lend money, you cannot take as a pledge... Rechaim varechev, I'll talk about what that is in a minute. Hinefeshuchovel, you're really taking a person's life. Now what that means is that, uh, a miller would mill using stones. And the stones are called Rechaim, which is the bottom stone, and the millstone, and the Rechev, literally the rider, is the stone that sits on top of it, and you then turn the Rechev on the Rechaim and grind the wheat there. If you take a person's mill away from them, you're taking their livelihood away from them, and that you can't do because, first of all, how are they ever going to pay you back? Now, ki matse'ish konev nefesh me'achav Israel, and we refer to this in the first aliyah. If a person is found to be to have stolen a mem- a person who is one of his fellows of Ben Israel, Bo ba'macharoh, and he mistreated him and sold him, umeta ganavahu then that thief, meaning that kidnapper, will die, and you cleanse the evil from your midst. Parenthetically, this pasuk becomes the source for a very famous comment about the Aseret Dibrot. In the Aseret Dibrot we have the famous line, Loti gnov, You shall not steal, which is read by the rest of the world as a prohibition against thievery or burglary. But we understand halachically it's a prohibition against kidnapping. How do we know that? From the basic premise of contextual um learning or the varla made me inano. What do we know about all of the rest of the Aserta di brot? They're the sort of things that could lead to a capital conviction. Uh, there is no capital conviction ever for stealing. The only stealing for which there is is stealing a person, and here we see it. Um, famously this Pasuk became the core uh, of one of the versions of the famous Midrashim, the course, of the foundation of one of the versions of the famous Midrash of the martyrs, the martyrology, the Asar Harugei Malchut, in which the Roman governor supposedly says, I was taught the Torah, and I see that if you uh, sell one of your brothers, your Chayad Mitah, and where are your ten brothers, the ten fathers who sold their brother Yosef, and now you ten are going to suffer for them, Etc. There's many many difficulties with reading that literally, but nonetheless this is the, the foundation for that. Be very careful with negat with the plague of zarat. What does that mean? Be careful. To be very careful and do exactly what the kohanim halavim, which is what the kohanim are referred to in parts of Tvarim, The kohanim halavim, what they instruct you to do. What I commanded them, you have to be careful about. Now, there's two ways to read this. One way is to say that the Kohanim have some sort of, uh, not esoteric information, which is not shared with everybody about the Negaim. The laws of Negaim are very difficult. And indeed, Negaim is considered to be one of the two hardest areas of halacha, or halot in Negaim. <coughs> and so, if the Kohanim are specialists in that, you have to guard and do exactly what they tell you. They have the knowledge and don't try to, uh, to outthink them. The second possibility is the way it's read halachically, which is Hishammer zarat. The word Hishammer, as of Elah famously taught, means there's a lotase. What's the lotase? To not cut off a negatzarat, meaning you have to guard it and you have to keep it and show it to the coin and only when the coin says that you're clean, then you're clean. Now, as a connection to that, remember what Hashem did to Miriam? Now, Miriam is no longer around. We're invoking Miriam because we say, look, somebody even as great as Miriam, nonetheless, she got Tzarat, and she guarded the Tzarat for seven days while she was out, uh, out of the camp, and they waited for her. But remember, uh, that the, that affliction given to somebody even as great as Miriam, because of her wrong attitude towards Moshe, because of her speaking inappropriately, several explanations as to why she got the Tzarat, but she did. Parenthetically, this is seen, this is by some, and some have shown him, count this as a mitzvah, because Torah says, remember, just like you have to remember Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and you have to remember the day of Shabbat, you also have to remember what Hashem did to Miriam, and there are many Sidurim in which Sheish Zechirot, there are six, uh, reminders, that uh, people say every day, and this is one of them, and of course it's Mitzrayim, and of course Shabbat, but this is one of them. If you are coming uh, after someone, a, a fellow, to collect any sort of a debt, you may not come into his house to seize a pledge, a pledge which is security against him paying back the debt. You have to stand outside. The man from whom you're collecting, He will bring the pledge to you outside. Uh, parenthetically, this is the source of the famous observation in the Gemara, that really a Baal Chov only has rights to Ziburi. A Baal Chov, a creditor, should only be able to collect from the worst kind of land of the debtor, if his land is being seized, because what will a person typically bring out as a pledge, meaning it's his choice, he's going to bring out the cheapest thing he has. We have another consideration. Meaning if the fellow that you're collecting from is a man of means, but just he owes you this debt, you can keep his avot until he pays back. But if he's a poor person, and let's say the avot, the pledge, (coughs) is his bed garments or his pillow, You can't sleep with it. You have to bring it back to him. You have to return the avot as the sun goes down. He'll sleep in his bed garments and he'll bless you. You're a good guy. You're trusting him. You're giving it back to him and you'll collect it the next morning again. That will be considered staka for you before Hashem. Meaning that even if he doesn't bless you, Hashem knows that you've done a good thing. Now, why is it called stakas? Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yitzchak famously observes in the Gemara, this is the source for the halacha, that a mashkon is owned by the balchov. When a balchov seizes a pledge, it becomes his property. And that has all sorts of other implications. Halachically, because of responsibility, uh, shevach, etc. balkhov kona b'shevach mashkon, because <coughs> it's his. How do we know it's his? Because giving it back is considered an act of tzedakah. If it wasn't his, then it's not tzedakah. He's simply returning it to the proper owner. Okay, we'll pause at this point, pick it up with the final aliyah on the next podcast. meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.